Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Capps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, very good, thank you. I've been drowning in Man City, Liverpool, Sky Sports propaganda for the last few days, but I've allowed myself 45 minutes of respite to catch up with you two. So, yeah, it's all good here, thank you. I'm glad to hear. And last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I bet you must be feeling giddy now that Tottenham find themselves lying fourth in the Premier League table. Yeah, no, obviously a, a fantastic week of, uh, of football for Spurs. You know, definitely from a Spurs perspective, of course, Chelsea losing, Arsenal losing and Spurs winning are like a perfect weekend for Spurs. Um, and yeah, we're obviously in a great position now for the top four, but I, I still think it's a long way to go. And uh, no, I think it's, again, it's, you know, all the permutations in the Premier League, the title race, the top four relegation, you know, so much to discuss. And uh, yeah, looking forward to discussing it on this podcast. Top man. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And of course, before we start... Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? We can only start at the Etihad and this is the clash that we've all been waiting for. Manchester City versus Liverpool. James, much is expected from this. Will both teams live up to their expectations? Which way do you see this going? Well, we tend to associate these two with being really closely matched, and they are, of course, but City have had the upper hand on this one in recent years. Just one defeat in the last eight meetings, and they haven't lost a Premier League game at the Etihad against Liverpool since 2015. But say it quietly, I actually really fancy Liverpool here. They've won 17 in the last 18 games. They've won the last eight away, and... I think they're just the more informed side heading into this one. City at 21 to 20 is probably the best price you'll get for a City home win all season. But, you know, they don't have to win this. So could that let Liverpool in a touch? I don't know. But recent history suggests goals. And I think we're in for a cracker here either way. Well, when you look at Man City's form in the last six, it's 1-4, drawn one, lost one. That's fantastic form if you want to finish third or fourth. It's not fantastic form if you want to win the league. You look at Liverpool... Six in a row from the last six, 11 wins in a row from the last 11 is absolutely sensational form. And Jamie, when you look at that equation for the weekend, is it as simple as the winner of that match, if there is one, of course, then goes on to win the Premier League? How do you see this one panning out at the Etihad? Yeah, look, I think on paper, I don't think you can say the winner of this match will go on to win it. Of course, there is still a number of games to go. And of course, they're all involved in in lots of competitions. Of course, the FA Cup and the Champions League. So, you know, there is potential for these, you know, for either of those sides to slip up after um, Sunday's match. But I think for Liverpool, the pressure probably is on them to kind of uh, avoid a defeat. I think if they were to slip four points behind, that would be kind of a real gap. And then, of course, you know, having had the psychological blow of losing that game as well. So I think for Liverpool, this is absolutely a game they cannot lose. But I think for Man City as well, you know, they want to avoid defeat. So I actually think this will be a low scoring affair. I think this is going to be a very cagey game. 
Um, I think as well, if you look at the fixtures coming up after this as well, I think, you know, especially if, you know, Liverpool were to to maybe lose this one, I think City, you look at their fixtures, they've just got very few banana skin games coming up. You know, there's not really many games where you see City dropping points. So I think it's it's massive if, um, you know, if uh, you know for, for either side not to lose this game. So as I said, I really feel a cagey affair, um, you know, being on the cards here. Um, so I, I'm kind of looking at a draw for this one. So James, if we move away from the 1x2 market, there are going to be plenty of other opportunities to place your money in Manchester. Are there any other bets that take your fancy before Sunday afternoon? Well, this is one of the few games between two title challenges where both teams tend to score, which has come in in five of the last six meetings. Although it is a bit on the skinny side at 8-13. to 13. Also, this fixture hasn't been a stranger to a penalty. We've had spot kicks in two of the last three games. So that might be worth a look again at nine to five. And then a couple more from me, like five to six for a booking before the 27th minute mark. That's been a winner in three of the last four meetings. And in such a high stakes game, I can see the tackles flying in. And finally, Liverpool or draw double chance will certainly find its way into my Sunday Aki. You won't get too many chances to back them at eight to 11 to avoid defeat. And they're on such a run at the minute that I think they'll be difficult to stop. Now, Jamie, a certain bookmaker last Saturday boosted Salah's on-target shot odds from 1-10 to 10 on to evens. Now you're thinking, brilliant, he only needs one shot on target against Watford, the easiest £10 maximum you'll ever make. He got no shots on target, so surely he cannot be that quiet this coming Sunday. Does the anytime market tempt you at all as far as the Egyptian wizard is concerned? Yeah, look, he's seven to four to score any time against Manchester City, but and I think the thing is, you can never really rule out Salah to kind of um, produce a moment of, you know, in a, in a big game. Of course, he's a guy who's top scorer in the Premier League with 20 goals this year. He's having a fantastic season, but he's kind of having a dry patch recently. Um, you know, you you look at the moment, his kind of his form. You know, he is a bit out of sorts at the moment, so. I'm not sure in a game against Manchester City, this is maybe the game to back him. For me, the player I kind of fancy the most to, to go and get on the score sheet is actually Luis Diaz. Um, he's 3-1 to one to score any time. Um, I think he'll start again. Of course, he got a goal uh, against Benfica in the Champions League as well. He's made a real strong impression kind of coming into this Liverpool side. Um, and I think, you know, kind of looking against his Manchester City side, they're a side that do play high line. And I think if you look at Diaz's pace, to get him behind. I think that that will be a really kind of uh, big asset for Liverpool, having Diaz trying to get him behind. So he's in a great form at the moment. So actually, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Luis Diaz maybe to get on the score sheet. Um, and as I said, he's 3-1 he's to one to score any time. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Mo Salah actually didn't start on Sunday because when you look at the form of the other three contenders for their attack line, you've got, what, Yotta, Diaz, Mane, they're all in a lot hotter form. So maybe... They might look at Salah and think there's an impact sub if we need a goal or just to sort of shore up any kind of result which is going their way. So if it happens, don't be surprised. But of course, if he does start, it wouldn't be a shock either. Now, James, in three of the last four meetings between the two teams, there have been more than 3.5 goals. Now, it's currently priced at 7-4. to four. Do you think it'll be goals are plenty or do you think it's a more cagey affair on the horizon? I don't think Liverpool have that kind of game in their locker, especially with the state of play requiring them to go out and win the game. That will certainly play into City hands to some extent and they'll surely have much more creative joy than in their victory over Atletico Madrid in the Champions League on Tuesday night. But... I've just been burnt so many times before when backing goals in this kind of game. And it's perhaps the wrong side of 2-1 to one to tempt me. 11-5 to five and it would probably coax 20 quid out of me, but not at 7-4, to four, I'm afraid, officer. OK, then, Jamie. A certain bookmaker has already given me a £5 free bet for Sunday. So, obviously, they're just as keen to get people's money. I'm keen to give them my free bet. So, in this situation, do you go for broke? I don't know, build a massive bet builder, do something crazy... 
Or do you look at something which is a little bit more sure to come in and just maybe get a couple of quid or evens at best to get back into your, your bankroll? So what would you be doing in that situation? Yeah, look, I, I think for me, I'd maybe go for kind of something that's a bit more of a safer option. As I said earlier, I really fancy a draw in this one. Um, I think given the permutations of a defeat for either side, I think neither side are going to really show particularly much ambition to go and win this one. I think, as I said, they're just going to want to at least come away with a draw. I think for Liverpool to go to the Etihad and, and get a point is still a good result, despite just trailing uh, Manchester City. And of course, for Man City, if they can just avoid, you know, they get over this hurdle without suffering a defeat and, and get a point from this one, I think that that will go a long way to potentially in their title defence. So, I'm really fancying a draw here, as I said earlier. Um, both teams to score and a draw is 7-2. to two. Um, And I do also have a score prediction of this one, but um, I'm going to save that for later as well. Because, um, as I said, I think a draw is, is kind of nailed on for this one, in my opinion. OK, keep your powder dry for the correct score. But we are going to go bet building now. Before we go back to the Etihad, a quick mention of last week. Jamie's leg was spot on. I went a bit too short on the corners. And I guess, in a sense, that's quite lucky. Because Neil Mope ballooned a penalty... And if my corners were correct, that missed penalty would have cost us a 16-1 to winner. So, yin and yang, shall we say. Obviously, it was a loser, but I think it's a better way to lose rather than seeing a missed penalty cost us a virtual £85. However, we move on. We're getting closer, so let's see if we can finally crack it this week. So this week, once again, James, I want you to give me your anytime goal scorer at the Etihad. Yeah, my vote is going to go to Sadio Mane this time. Mo Salah struggling in front of goal. Mane stepped up to the plate with a goal against Benfica in midweek. And he absolutely screams value to me at 3-1 to one to score any time. OK then, Jamie, if you could go with the over-under goals on this one. Yep, I'm going for under 2.5 goals again for this one. Um, I think both teams have been really strong defensively over recent weeks. Liverpool have kept five clean sheets in all of their last five. Uh, Manchester City, they've kept five in their last seven as well. So um, I, I think this will be a low-scoring one. And uh, as I said, I'm going for under 2.5 goals. OK, in terms of corners, I went too low last week. I'm going to compensate and go high this week. I'm going to go with no more than 14 corners Two attacking teams, it stands to reason that there's going to be at least some shots. Whether it's cagey in terms of goals or not, I think there's certainly be peppering of each goal in terms of Edison and Allison. So I'm going to go with 14 corners. OK, then just to recap, we've got Sadio Mane anytime. We've got under 2.5 goals. We've also got no more than 14 corners. And that means if you put £10 in at 17 to 2, you'll get £85 back plus your stake, £95 in the pot if that one comes in. Let's hope that one is. And that's our first Bet Builder winner. OK, before we scoot around some more Premier League action, let's focus on the EFL Championship race. Fulham are a foregone conclusion to win at 1-20 at present. So, you know, why put your pennies on that? I guess, James, with Bournemouth at 1-18 for promotion, is that really worth the hassle either? Unless you're one of these people that loves to bet short with a big bankroll and just kind of wait for the money to eventually turn up in your account. Yeah, it's, it's, as, it's as good as wrapped up now for Bournemouth. Uh, I, I don't have the championship table in front of me, but they're a good sort of six, seven points clear. And I think they've got games in hand over the likes of Huddersfield, Luton as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't really worry about sticking a tenner on this one. And Jamie, what do you make of Luton in terms of the playoff race? When you look at all the more established names, they've seemingly snuck up out of nowhere, really. They're top six at the time of recording, quite healthily in the top six. There's no real danger of them falling out at the moment. Do you think Nathan Jones can lead the Hatters to at least two more extra games at the end of the season? 
yeah, they're currently fourth in the table at the moment. They do have a three-point uh, buffer over seventh place as well. Um, as I said, they're in great form as well. They've undefeated in the last four. Um, on Tuesday evening, they did suffer kind of a, what would be a disappointing draw against Peterborough, who are bottom of the division. So um, that's obviously been, you know, that would have been a slight blow to kind of their hopes. But I kind of look at the teams outside of the top six at the moment. And the only team that I kind of feel that will come into it again is Nottingham Forest. Um, they're obviously on a great run. They've got a number of games in hand. But I think, you know, Luton, they will just have a, have enough to kind of stay in that in that six. Um, I think, you know, they have got a big run of games coming up. They do have to travel away to Huddersfield and they've got and, and they host Nottingham Forest. As I said, they're in great form and they've still got to go to Craven Cottage as well. So still lots of work to be done. But as I said, I think, you know, Blackburn, they're a side that um, are challenging for that top six, but they're just kind of so hit and miss at the moment. Uh, QPR, they're well out of it. They've suffered four defeats in the last four. Um, Nottingham Forest are probably the only side, that, as I said, kind of outside the top six. I really see coming back into it. And uh, Luton, they're well safe at the moment in that top uh, in that top six. So I, th- I think Luton will actually come out and, and finish in that top six. Yeah, you mentioned Forest. I know they're seventh at the moment, but when you look at Blackburn, they played three games more than Stevie Cooper's men. Their form has sunk. I know we spoke about Blackburn in one of the early episodes of this show. It was all linked on Ben Brereton-Diaz and where he stayed. But obviously his injury has been, I guess, the big factor in Blackburn's downturn in form. They've run out of steam when they were hoping for automatic promotion. Even the playoffs looks a distant possibility at the moment. I know you could argue points on the board, but with Forrest being the way they are, you get the feeling that Blackburn will get swallowed up eventually and miss out. And that might ask questions of Tony Mowbray's tenure at Ewood Park. Because yes, he's done... A good job, but has he done all he can at Blackburn Rovers? He's been there for quite a while now, so maybe it needs fresh eyes, new direction in the summer. We'll have to wait and see. Right, let's move on now. Let's go to our Longshore Acker. Once again, it's picked something between 2-1 to one and 5-1 to one for this weekend. There was no joy last week. A Palace win, a Southampton draw and a Norwich draw all went against us in terms of the results that we wanted. So let's try again this time around. Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for something quite controversial on this show. I'm actually going to go and back Everton to get a result. Um, yeah, I've gone for Everton to, to get a draw against Manchester United um, at 11-4. to 4, I think given the 12, 12.30 kickoff, I've always say, you know, for the bigger sides, they just kind of struggle to get up for these sort of games. It's at Goodison Park as well. Um, Everton, they are in desperate need of, of getting a result. And uh, I think against Manchester United and just the way they that, that, that United are going at the moment, uh, I, I do fancy Everton to get something from this game. So Jamie started the Everton peacekeeping mission. James, what have you got for me? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just shy of two to one at around seven to four, but it's probably a long shot by definition. I'm going to go for Watford to beat Leeds this weekend. Only a win will do for the Hornets if they're to drag Leeds back into the relegation mire. And they actually have a good record against them. They've lost only twice against Yorkshiremen in the last decade, and I think they can eke out a result here. An interesting shout on that front. I don't know about Watford. I mean, their home form has been dreadful, but we'll get to them in a moment later in the show. I'm going to go for Liverpool to win at five to two. I think. As I mentioned earlier, the momentum is there for all to see. City, of course, they're no slouches, but they just haven't had that quite same level of edge in the last few weeks. As I say, they've dropped points in two matches. Liverpool haven't dropped points at all in their last 11. So I just think Liverpool might snatch this. The impetus is there. It's the fact that they've gone from 14 points behind to one point behind. It's in touching distance. And of course, it won't win the Premier League, but it could be a huge statement, not only to win, but to win in City's backyard. So I'm going to go with Liverpool at 5-2. to two. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. 
Right, let's go around the Premier League now and sniff out some more value across the course of the weekend. Let's start with some Friday night football first as Newcastle play host to Wolves. It's three straight defeats for the Magpies, albeit on the road. James, what can I hope for this weekend? Shall I get the double chance Claxon ready? Um, probably not. If you're keen on Newcastle, the home win or draw is around one to three. But Wolves look decent value in that market to avoid defeat at four to six. So though that said, I think we'll be looking at a draw overall. Four of the last five meetings have ended all square, and actually they've all been one or draws as well. And Newcastle's home form is pretty good. There are only two defeats at St James's since November come against footballing titans Manchester City and Cambridge United. So I think a draw looks about right here at 11-5 to five and under 2.5 goals probably has a chance too. OK, Jamie, when it comes to Wolves, they certainly had an impressive win against Aston Villa on Saturday. Only 2-1, but even from watching the highlights, you felt like it could have been a lot more. So the scoreline there didn't tell the full story. It's also three wins from four in the league. Do you envisage another win on Tyneside? If not, what other markets take your interest before the start of the weekend? Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Newcastle for this one and maybe them getting a result. Of course, they are starting to come under a bit of pressure now to start picking up some points. Of course, as you said, they are in a really bad run of form at the moment following you know, what was a fantastic revival. But I think as well, Newcastle at uh, St. James's Park, especially on you know an evening match, I just think they're a completely different proposition. Um, I think the fans will be well up for it and I think that will definitely you know, work in their favour. And of course, they are the... the, the uh, the favourites for this one in the betting as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Newcastle getting a result for this one. Um, as I said, from a Wolves perspective, yes, they did, of course, they got that big win against Villa. Um, but otherwise, they did lose at the start of the month, uh, earlier at the start of the month to Palace, uh, or last month, I should say. Um, and they also suffered a recent defeat as well to Leeds as well. Um, and their two wins, I think they did, they came against Everton and Watford. So, I'm still not fully convinced by Wolves at the moment. So, as I said, I'm, I'm leaning towards Newcastle for this one. I think they'll just edge it. Um, and I like the look of both teams to score and Newcastle to win at 9-2. to two. Yeah, I think with Newcastle, their performance on Sunday might just be a bit of a wake-up call. They didn't necessarily play bad against Tottenham, but when Tottenham are hot, they're really hot. And I just feel with Newcastle, obviously they had that incredible run. Then they lost two in a row. And I just feel they've taken their foot off the pedal slightly. And I feel that... After losing 5-1, it might just be a sobering touch. And it might be enough for them to sort of wake up and think, actually, the job isn't done just yet. We still probably need at least one more win. And Friday, it could be it, but I feel they might have needed that thumping on Sunday just to kind of wake them up and get them in charge for the last phase of the season. But James, when it comes to the without big six market, the race is going to be between West Ham and Wolves. The Hammers are currently favourites to win this one. Can you see any late change in proceedings? Yeah, it's a tricky one because both sides have slippery fixtures in the run. Wolves have still got to play Man City, Chelsea and their final game of the season is away at Anfield. And Hammers have a similarly tough run in too. If I was a betting man, wink face emoji, I probably would just side with West Ham. But Wolves have shown that they are capable of getting results against the big boys. So it wouldn't surprise me one jot if they nabbed West Ham into that sixth spot. Well, Jamie, with that said, could you even see Wolves as still something of a value bet for a top six finish? Because when you consider Man United's penchant to blow hot and cold in equal measures, they're certainly not out of this race, are they? Yeah, well, I, I look at kind of a lot of the talk about Manchester United recently and, um, you know, the impact that Cristiano Ronaldo's had at the club. And, of course, a lot of the blame always seems to be put on him. But if you look at the last three matches... 
the one game they did actually win in those three was was with him and he scored the hat-trick. So for me, Cristiano Ronaldo is, is far from the problem at Manchester United. I think having him back in the side, of course, they have missed him for two of the last three. Um, and I think having him back, he'll, he'll definitely kind of uh, just about fire them over the line to get into that top six. As I said, with Wolves, they just don't quite convince me at the moment. Some of their results have, you know, have been slightly good. But if you look at who they have beaten, then you know that kind of does definitely add a caveat to that. Um, and I think with West Ham as well, I just think their European commitments, I do think they'll get through that Lyon game and they'll have Barcelona or in the semi-finals potentially. So their full focus is going to be on that. So uh, for me, I, I still think Manchester United will, will get that final top six spot. Manchester United, if you are listening, I haven't forgiven you for your draw last weekend, which also scudded our odds on coupon. So if you're listening... Lesson learned. Right, where next? Let's go to Vicarage Road as Watford play host to Leeds. James, you may have alluded to what might happen already, but I'll ask the question anyway. They haven't won any of their last eight league outings at home. In fact, they've lost them all, that's Watford. Is there anything to suggest that they won't be nine at the weekend? Well, as a touch on in the long shot segment, they've got a great record against Leeds. Yes, they lost late at Ellen Road in a reverse fixture, but they'd won the four previous meetings. And we do know that this Hornet side does have goals in it when everything is working properly. The visitors were also without a clean sheet in the last 18 games. So surely Watford can get on the score sheet once or twice here. And that will surely make it difficult for a lead side that has fired blanks in three of the last four away games. So yeah, Watford, I think, are good news for once this weekend. And Jamie, Leeds are currently eight points clear of the Hornets. Now, we always talk about the 40-point marker, is it even going to be needed? Because if Leeds do beat Watford, that's then 11 points clear of Roy Hodgson's men. So are they going to need 40 points to stay up? No, I think you're right here. I don't think that 40 points is, is kind of going to be crucial this season. I look at those sides in the top, in the in the bottom four or so with Everton, Watford, Burnley. They're just not sides that are going to get anywhere close to kind of that 40, that 40 uh, you know, point mark. So I think Leeds, they'll be, you know, they won't have to get that. They won't have to achieve that. But uh I think if they were to win on the weekend, I mean, that, that would surely be them staying up as well. You know, they, they are on a good run as well, as we, as we mentioned. They've won two of the last three, of course, undefeated in those three as well. So I, I, I really like the look of Leeds on the weekend. And uh, if they were to get a result, then uh, I think they're pretty much safe. Jamie, I would have to fully agree there, not only with their safety, but I feel that seven points from nine, the momentum is there. They are playing much better football, even with key names being injured. As I say, Watford, they haven't got a point from the last eight home meetings at Vicarage Road with any other club in the Premier League, which is an awful record, which is almost relegation in itself. So I don't feel that they're going to break that chain on Saturday. And therefore, I think Leeds are going to not only win, but all but stay up anyway. Right, let's move on. Let's get a correct score bet from you both. This week, it doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that correct outcome. And Jamie, well done on getting 2-0 to Liverpool correct last week against Watford. So this week, I'm going to start with you. What have you got for me? Yep, I've gone for Liverpool again. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I've got a score prediction for that big game between Liverpool and Man City. Um, I'm going for one all in this one at, at seven to one. I just think, you know, both sides, I keep mentioning, I think it's going to be a very cagey affair. Neither side can afford to lose this. So uh, defensively, they've both been excellent recently. So, uh, yeah, as I said, one all between uh, Manchester City and Liverpool at seven to one. And James, what have you got for me this weekend? I'm going to go into the Championship. I'm going to bat nil-nil between Stoke and West Brom. Just looking at the fixtures making me a little bit drowsy. Hopefully, <laughs> Sars know the seasons are as good as over, so they're probably keen to get this game done and dusted without much fuss. So a nil-nil in this one is 9-1. to one. Apologies to Stoke and West Brom fans. I don't think the excitement is going to be coming from that ground this weekend. But as always, check out freebets.com for all the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. 
Right, there's still a few more Premier League fixtures to dissect, so let's go to the race for fourth now, which is certainly heating up. Both teams play on Saturday, but let's look at the odds first. James, on average, both Tottenham and Arsenal are evens. It's flip of a coin stuff. Which way is it landing for you? Well, I'd have to go for Spurs at this point. Yes, Arsenal have a game in hand, but the injuries are starting to pile up and they also have to go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in May in a fixture they haven't won away from home in, in more than eight years. But Tottenham have a tricky set of fixtures too. They've still got to go to Anfield. Villa Park might be tricky this weekend. So North London Derby aside, I still think there's plenty of banana skins down the line for both sides. And I wouldn't even stake a free bet on the race before if it's that tough to call. Blimey. I mean, with Arsenal, when you look at their performance on Monday... The news that Kieran Tierney is going to be out for the rest of the season and the summer is probably sending a shudder through their fan base because Nuno Tavares was awful against Crystal Palace. Now, yes, Granite Xhaka could go to left-back, but then you're worrying about the centre of midfield where Thomas Partey is also injured. It won't be as long, but it's still a doubt. Now, of course, this is me with my Tottenham hat on, so there's obviously a bit of bias here. But Arsenal are kind of... You look at their squad and you feel that, yes, they played really well up until this point and they have had a really good season, especially from the way they started. However, it is a youthful squad. They haven't had to grind out this top four race before. Obviously, Arsenal in the past have had Tottenham's number when it comes to this neck-and-neck battle in this very position, but this is a new era of Arsenal. Now, they've got to do it at some point. Whether they can do it this season, I don't know. And the fact that Tierney will be out for this run-in is going to be a hammer blow for the Gunners. But, Jamie, when we look at Arsenal's game in hand, you could argue that in their hands, it's theirs. You know, win the game in hand, job done. Or even a point, they'll go back above Tottenham. But when you look at the the goal difference swing that Tottenham managed to create with the help of Palace across the weekend, you could also argue it's in their hands as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that kind of that seven goal swing across the weekend was, was going to be massive as Spurs. As you mentioned, it almost feels like an extra point having that, you know, that leading in goal difference now. But um yeah, I, I think in kind of this race for the top four, um, I think that that was, it feels like maybe it might be a damaging defeat for Arsenal. You know, a big loss of confidence to go and lose 3-0, regardless of, you know, people ahead of the fixture saying that, you know, going to going to Crystal Palace under the lights is, is a tricky fixture. I still think it was quite a damaging defeat. I mean, you look at, you know, as you mentioned, this is a quite an inexperienced Arsenal side as well. Of course, Arteta, he's early on in his managerial career. Obviously, a young Arsenal attack as well. Um, and they looked quite shaky when they came under a bit of pressure. They had some good chances at Selhurst Park and they spurned a lot of them, um, as you mentioned as well, with Tierney and, and potentially Partey. I know Partey didn't have the best game against Palace, but he has been really improved over recent weeks for Arsenal and been kind of quite a key player. So to be missing those two is, is really huge. Um, but I think the big thing for them, they've got big chances to kind of bounce back now. They've got a great opportunity to do so with Brighton and Southampton. I think that that's got to be six points for them and, and definitely they'll fancy their chances in those two. And crucially as well, they do actually play four games uh, in during Spurs' next two as well. So they've got some potential to, to kind of really put the pressure on Spurs. But as I said, I just feel as though it'll be interesting to see how they do actually react to that result. I think it was quite a, a damaging defeat for them mentally. As for the fixtures on Saturday, Arsenal will have the opportunity to ask questions of Tottenham when they face Brighton. James, do the Seagulls offer the perfect opposition for the Gunners this weekend? You'd have to say so. Brighton are well and truly on their holidays. They've won two league games in 2022, just two on the road since August. While Arsenal's only defeat to the Emirates this season have come against Chelsea, Man City and twice to Liverpool. So now I can't see Brighton putting up a great deal of fight here. They also haven't scored in the last three meetings of Arsenal. So a home win to nil makes a lot of sense to me at 13-8. to 
Well, Jamie, Brighton's awful run continues. Yes, they got a draw at the weekend, but it's one point from 21. It's one goal in seven matches. If you had to put a bet on Brighton this weekend, what would you be opting for? Yeah, do you know what James has just kind of said it as well with, with uh, Arsenal win to nil. As I said, I just think this is a fantastic opportunity for them to quickly put that defeat behind um, Brighton. They are in just shocking form at the moment. Uh, Brighton, they failed to score in 40% of their matches this season. Of course, they are a low-scoring side. They have averaged well under uh, a goal per game as well. Um, Arsenal, they should still have the firepower. Of course, yes, they did fail to score against Palace, but I think against Brighton and kind of the way they are defending at the moment, I think they should have no problems. But I'm also looking at maybe 2-0 to Arsenal as well at 13-2. to um, As I said, I just, I just feel Arsenal, they'll be able to keep Brighton at bay. It's a fantastic opportunity for them to bounce back. And uh, I think at the Emirates, I fully expect them to do that. But later that Saturday afternoon... Aston Villa play host to Tottenham. And with Stevie G's men having lost their last three league outings, what price, James, would you put on a fourth successive defeat on Saturday at Villa Park? Yeah, they're another one of those sides, aren't they, who are in that halfway house between fighting for European spots and scrapping for survival. And they have an absolutely putrid record against Tottenham too. They've lost seven of the last eight meetings, won two of the last 22 clashes, and they haven't beaten them at Villa Park since Olaf Melberg opened the scoring on New Year's Day in 2008. So yeah, Spurs... Everything to play for, and they're a good price, actually, to get maximum points here at 5-4. to four. Well, Jamie, Harry Kane was not on the score sheet on Sunday as Spurs put five past Newcastle. What odds have you got on the England international opening the scoring at Villa Park? Yeah, look, fairly good value at 3-1 to one to score first. He is 10-11 to 11 to, to score any time. Um, but I think it was kind of no coincidence that he didn't score on the weekend. He looked as though he was very much adopting a very different role. You know, he was always dropping deep, you know, never really looking to kind of make runs in behind. And, and I think that has really benefited Spurs. I think you look at their two forwards who they've got to complement Harry Kane and, and kind of running onto his passes in Jungmin Son and, and Kulusevski. I think that that just seems to be working really well for Spurs. So um, instead of Harry Kane, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Human Son to maybe score here. Um, I think him to, uh, Son needs to score first. He's six to one, and he's also fifteen to eight to score any time. Of course, he is in great form at the moment. He's second top scorer in the league with fourteen, um, and, he, and he scored three in his last three. So uh, yes, I'm, I, for me, if I'm looking at a goal scoring uh, market at this one, uh, I'm looking at Human Son. We also have a London derby on Sunday as West Ham travel to Brentford. We'll discuss their European exploits in a moment, but first, we need to ask the question, James, are they going to be the latest team to succumb to the Christian Eriksen Brentford machine? Quite possibly. Brentford, of course, beat West Ham without the services of Christian Eriksen in the reverse fixture and Hammers are in Europa League action, so could that take a bit out of them here? I think this will be a decent game, though. Brentford like to have a go at home and if David Moyes rotates we're likely to have some players on the pitch for West Ham who will be keen to make an impression both teams scoring us a chance for me and it's four to five but I wouldn't want to call this either way as far as the result is concerned both sides in good nick and they'll both be difficult to beat I think and Jamie staying on the topic of Brentford do you think their win over Chelsea all but secures their survival in the Premier League yeah I mean look they're 11 points clear now of the bottom three so you'd have to say kind of um, they're going to pick up more points throughout the season they've got two winnable games coming up uh, West Ham at home, I think, of course, as I mentioned earlier, I think with West Ham, given their European commitments, I'm not sure they're going to be going gung-ho for this one. So I think Brentford, they'll definitely be able to take advantage um, of potentially a, a West Ham side who are looking elsewhere. Um, and then, of course, you know, with Watford away, I mean, if they were to get anything from that one, then surely you'd have to say that they would be safe. But uh, yeah, I, I think Brentford staying up is, is pretty much a certainty at the moment. I mean, you look at kind of their, their change in form as well. They've been on a fantastic run, you know, one four of the last uh, four of the last five as well. So, yeah, I, th I think Brentford should be safe now. 
Well, of course, the team that Brentford beat last Saturday was Chelsea. James, they travelled to Southampton at the weekend. Southampton feel like they're on the beach. Will they put up much of a struggle against the Blues this weekend? Yeah, it's been a disappointing spell for Southampton. Their four-game winless Premier League run on paper is actually made up of easier fixtures than their sequence of just one defeat in ten before the slump began. But I just think that's Southampton in a nutshell, really. They're a pretty streaky side, and especially now they're at the point of the season where they have nothing to play for. You can perhaps forgive them for taking their foot off the gas a little bit. But no, I can't see them making much of a mark on Chelsea. They've won the last seven matches away from home, and then Saints... We'll also have to make do without Armando Breuer, who's ineligible to face his parent club, of course. So that swings this one even further in Thomas Tuchel's favour. So 17-20 for an away win looks like very good value to me. It does indeed, especially when you consider that Southampton have just gone cold now, haven't they? The league form's gone streaky, as you say. They're out of the FA Cup. At best, it's a top-10 finish, but there's other teams in and around that pack which are in better form, the likes of Leicester, Palace... Villa have had a slump, but you feel they could turn it around quite quickly. So you're kind of looking at, what, 12th, 13th, which wouldn't be a bad season for Southampton. If you offered that at the start of the season, it's probably par. But they had kind of just about knocked on the door of a top eight, top nine finish at some point, And that's kind of fallen away now. So they'll regroup. But I guess the big task for them is can they finish high enough to try and sell the ideas of progression to James Ward-Prowse because I guess a lot of teams will be knocking on the door in the summer or at least monitoring the situation. And if they do finish... 13th or 14th at worst then you might think actually maybe he might want to move on maybe there's time for him to sort of kick on and really start knocking on the England door but Jamie when we look at this from a goals point of view you can get short of evens or just short of evens shall I say on Chelsea scoring at least twice at St Mary's does that take your fancy? Um, I'd actually say particularly not particularly no? um, I think you know uh, in the last two matches they've only scored once um, I think as well you look at kind of the run of fixtures they have coming up in all competitions I think they've got some bigger games that they'll want to be kind of turning their attentions to so um, I, I think there's definitely potential here for Southampton to kind of uh, come out of their poor run and, and maybe get a, a result against the Chelsea side who are of course coming off that shocking result against Brentford um, as I mentioned Chelsea they do have some big fixtures coming up as well they've got the champ two the Champions League tie against Real Madrid. They've, of course, got the FA Cup semi-final and then they've got two London derbies in a row against Arsenal and West Ham. So they'll potentially have their kind of their eye on that. I think in the top four race, they looked as though they were kind of being dragged back. But I think Arsenal's defeat at Crystal Palace kind of uh, does alleviate some of the pressure on them. So um, I think for this one, I think there's definitely potential for, for Southampton to maybe get something. So um, I'm looking at maybe a draw at 11-4 to four could be uh, a decent shout. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting test for Chelsea, I think, because you could quite easily say Southampton are on the beach. You could, to a certain degree, say Chelsea are on the beach from a Premier League point of view because the title race has long since raced past them. That's gone. Although Arsenal and Tottenham may look at the maths and think, oh, do you know what? After Saturday, third place is still up for grabs. I don't think that's really going to happen. So Chelsea are kind of in limbo. So, yes, they've got the bigger fish of the Champions League to deal with. There's also the FA Cup next weekend. Whether they put both eyes on their Palace fixture before Southampton, you don't know, do you? It, it can happen. It has happened in the past. So, you know, I think Chelsea are going to be absolutely fine in terms of a top four finish, but they might just stutter on their way to actually getting it over the line. Right, let's get our passports out very quickly. As first up, the Europa League returns on Thursday and West Ham play host to Lyon. Now, James, the Hammers are 21-20 for a home win. Will they see their bubble burst in midweek? No, I think they're going to win this one. I'm not convinced by Leon at all. The mid-tabling, what is a pretty poor league. They've got some decent players, don't get me wrong, in likes of Lucas Paqueta and 
Kusamawa, but I think the Hammers' physicality will prove too much for them. And 20-20, to 20, I think it's an absolute steal for them on Thursday. Well, Jamie, Rangers got the better of Braga in the 2020 Europa League knockouts. It was the round of 32 at that stage. They meet in the quarterfinals on Thursday night. Can they recover from their old firm defeat on Sunday? Yeah, I think this is going to be a much tougher test for them this time around. Um, I think if you look at Rangers in their last Europa League match, they did suffer a 2-1 defeat away at um, Red Star. Of course, just about getting over the line in that one. But they face a really good Braga side who are, you know, they eliminated a, a pretty strong Monaco side in the last round. Um, and they also got a big a win um, in the league on the weekend against Benfica. They won 3-2. So they're a side who are in real form at the moment, Braga. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Braga to kind of maybe get the win on, on, on Thursday. Well, Rangers have got the additional blow that Alfredo Morelos obviously missed the Old Firm derby on Sunday. He's now out for the rest of the season. So they won't publicly admit that the title race is over in Scotland. They couldn't afford to do that publicly. But I think privately they might be waving the white flag at Ibrox. And if that is the case, they can put all their eggs in the European basket. And who knows, they might be able to give Braga a tougher test. As I say, they did win there two years ago. The team is slightly different now. Braga, they're no slouches. It's going to be a really interesting clash. No away goals, of course, to factor in. So even if Rangers can get something on Thursday night, it doesn't necessarily tilt the balance of power in their favour. So I reckon it might be a 2-1 win to Braga. It'll keep the tie alive. I just feel that Rangers' run in the Europa League might soon come to an end and any dream of the last four, even the final, won't materialise for them. Dropping down to the Europa Conference League now, Leicester look like they are hitting some form, but is it enough to back them, James, at 23-20 to 20 on Thursday? Uh, I'm not too sure about Leicester this week, actually. I think they might well miss Jamie Vardy against the PSV side that do score plenty of goals on the road, but the Dutchmen have priorities of their own. They're trying to chase Ajax down in the Eredivisie title race. So I think a score draw is the way to go here. You can pick that up at 18-5, to but over two legs, give PSV a very slight edge. I like the bit even money to qualify here. And Jamie, the other joint favourites are Roma. They'll be looking for revenge against Bodo Glimt. It was 6-1 when they met in the group stage. 250-1 to for that to happen again. Have you got a more realistic scoreline for me? Yeah, I'm definitely fancying a, a kind of a different outcome this time, of course. Um, Jose Mourinho's side, they are much improved since that defeat. Um, they've, you know, they're on a current run of 10 undefeated in Serie A, so they are coming in in, in great form into this one. Um, they've also kept five clean sheets in, in their last seven games as well in all competitions. Um, so I'm looking at maybe a 2-0 win for Roma um, at 9-1. to Fantastic. I mean, obviously, Leicester-PSV is going to be a tough one. Whether they can deal with that, again, it's all about eggs in baskets. Leicester's injury list, it never seems to get shorter. As I said last week, they seem to get a name scrubbed off and they put a new name on. It must be really frustrating for Brendan Rodgers. I know Wesley Fofana's back, but obviously Wilfred Ndidi's out for the season. There's always nagging concerns over Jamie Vardy's fitness. So whether they can completely march on to the final and beyond, who knows? But again, it's where they want to finish in the Premier League. Do they sacrifice Sunday's tie against Crystal Palace? Will they be tied after that exploit against PSV? Who knows? But it's going to be an interesting end of the season for Leicester. They are getting better, but whether it can land them in the Europa League via the back door next season, we'll have to wait and see. Right, our final bit of business now is the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each and combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and see if we can get another combined winner over the line. Well, I'll start. I'm going to go with Arsenal. As much as it pains me to say it, I can't see Brighton landing a glove on them at the weekend. So Arsenal at 8-13 to is my odds-on pick. James, what have you got for me, mate? Yeah, I've talked myself into backing Chelsea to beat Southampton. I think the Saints are the perfect meet in a Real Madrid Champions League sandwich. I've got nothing to play for. And at 17-20, Chelsea look a good bet for three points, I think. 
And Jamie, that third leg is just as important. What have you got for me? Yeah, well, if we're back in the, ri uh, the, the rivals of our teams, I'm going for Nottingham Forest to win against Birmingham at uh, four to six. Of course, Forest, as I mentioned, they are in great form recently. Uh, they're eight undefeated. Um, they've won three in a row as well. So uh, I think they do play uh, before that as well, before their, their game against Birmingham. But uh, yeah, I, I think Forest are on a great run and uh, I fancy them to beat Birmingham. Interesting. All our rivals are on notice, so you have been warned. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Pleasure as always. Cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks, Dan. All good. Cheers, guys, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.